I finally caught up with No Time to Die, 2021, the fifth and final Daniel Craig James Bond film. Released in November theatrically, it then made its way to on-demand-slash-streaming services for a rental price of $19.99, and now you can rent it for a more welcoming price of $5.99. Anyway, one of the drawbacks of seeing a film a while after its initial release is word of mouth is out there and so you hear an awful lot, and what I was hearing about No Time to Die was how good a movie it was. So, there were some expectations here. Anyway, I'll cut to the chase. I'm happy to say that the word of mouth was accurate. No Time to Die is an excellent James Bond movie. I loved it. It's the perfect send-off for Daniel Craig's take on the character. No Time to Die opens with a scene right out of a horror movie, with a young girl and her mom being terrorized by a man with a mask. The action jumps ahead to events following the last movie, as we find James Bond, Daniel Craig, and the new love of his life Madeline, Lee Seydoux, enjoying a new life together, having survived the ending of Spectre, 2016. Now, the Daniel Craig Bond films tell an ongoing narrative, and the movies have all been connected in terms of plot, which is something that the previous James Bond movies really did not do. I've always liked this, as it added some freshness to the series. However, Spectre is my least favorite Craig Bond movie, and so I can't say I was excited to be sitting down to watch more of the story between Bond and Madeline. Anyway, as you might imagine, their new life is short-lived, as the bad guys show up to put a stop to it. Worse yet, Bond suspects Madeline of leading the bad guys to them, decides he doesn't trust her anymore, and puts her on a train telling her she will never see him again. Then it's time for the opening credits. Yep, nearly 30 minutes pass before we even get to those opening credits. Sometimes these James Bond movies just need an editor. Although truth be told, in spite of the overlong prologue sequence and a total running time of 2 hours and 43 minutes, No Time to Die is paced rather well, has a decent story to tell and for me passed by quickly and didn't feel at all like it was nearly three hours. Back to those opening credits. No Time to Die has a theme song sung by Billie Eilish, a song that hasn't really been shown much love. But I like it, and the lyrics definitely tie into the events shown in the movie's pre-credit sequence. As for the rest of the plot, it all does come together and makes sense, even the bizarre opening bit with the masked killer, bringing closure to events from all the previous movies. Even though Blofeld, Christoph Waltz, is in prison, he and his Spectre henchmen are still trying to kill Bond, but a new bad guy is in town, Lucifer Safine, Rami Malek. The name sounds like Lucifer Satan with a lisp, who hates Blofeld even more than Bond does. Safine has developed an incredibly dangerous biological weapon which uses people's DNA, and he uses it to wipe out Spectre, but since he can also use it to wipe out anyone he wants with ease, he's caught the attention of MI6. M. Rafe Fines is personally interested because MI6 was secretly working with this biological formula, but Safine stole it from them and weaponized it. So, M. sends the new 007, a female agent named Nomi, Lashana Lynch, and Bond himself once he returns to active service, to find and stop Safine. Which makes for strange bedfellows. As Bond tells Blofeld, if Blofeld gives him the information he needs, he will actually have to use it to save Blofeld's life, to which of course Blofeld shrugs him off. Madeline is also brought back into the story because she has ties to both Blofeld and Safine, and so once more Bond has to deal with his feelings for her. At the end of day, all of these story elements work, making for a story that remains strong throughout the movie. And there are more plot points which I have not mentioned here. Overall, it is an excellent screenplay by a bunch of people, Neil Purvis, Robert Wade, Kerry Joji Fukunaga, who directed, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Where does No Time to Die rank with the other Craig Bond movies? The best remains the first, Casino Royale, 2006. 
Most folks love the third film Skyfall, 2012, but for me the first two-thirds of this movie are exceptional, but the third act drops off dramatically and just doesn't work for me. I actually prefer the second film in the series Quantum of Solace, 2008, over Skyfall. The weakest of the series was the previous installment, Spectre, 2015, with writing and a story that didn't make much sense. The other reason the previous two Bond films didn't work for me was due largely in part to Daniel Craig's lackluster performance as Bond in both those movies. In both those films, Skyfall and Spectre, it seemed as if he had mailed it in. Gone were his sharp cold killer instincts from the first two movies. In their place was indifference. He seemed bored with the role. Here in No Time to Die, Daniel Craig is back at the top of his game, turning in his best performance as Bond since Casino Royale. It also helps that the character is placed in some new situations and Craig is more than up to the task of taking Bond in new directions. As such, getting back to ranking, I would rank No Time to Die as the second best of the Craig Bond films, coming in right behind Casino Royale. And a large part of this is Daniel Craig's performance. He's an older Bond here, he's in love, he's bitter over what he believes is a betrayal of love, and later when he takes on the villain it's with a deep sense of understanding of the world. In short, James Bond has learned a lot over the years, and he uses this knowledge to take down a lesser experienced villain. I enjoyed Lise Du more as Madeline this time around than I did when she played the character Inspector. Again, the writing here helps. She's in a much more interesting and compelling storyline. Inspector, she just seemed too young for Bond. But here, due largely to her performance and the writing, that thought didn't cross my mind at all. Lashana Lynch caught some well-deserved buzz for playing Nomi, the first female 007. She's really good here. I'm a big fan of Anna de Armas, and she has a small role as another agent, Paloma. She's excellent, and the brief action sequence she gets to share with Bond is one of the best in the movie. I really wish she had been in this one more. Rami Malek is fine as main villain Safin, although he's not in the movie a whole lot, and so he's not really a game-changer. But when he is on screen, he's very good. As is Christoph Waltz as Blofeld, reprising the role from Spectre, although he's in the film less than Malik. I really enjoy Rafe Fiennes as M, and he's every bit as good here as he always is. Jeffrey Wright returns for the third time as CIA agent and Bond buddy Felix Leiter, and like Bond in this one, gets a dramatic memorable send-off. And Naomi Harris is back as Moneypenny, and Ben Wisha is back as Q. It was also good to see Rory Kinnear back as Tanner. Director Kerry Joji Fukunaga does a nice job with this one, and there are plenty of exciting action sequences, as you would expect to find in a James Bond movie. Car chases, thrilling fight scenes, assaults on buildings, and a very intense conclusion all contribute to A-plus action sequences from start to finish. The music also utilized the main theme from the George Lazenby James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 1969. The most memorable part of that movie, other than of course it was the first Bond film not to star Sean Connery as Bond, was that James Bond gets married, and his wife is shot dead by Blofeld in the film's final reel. Every time that theme played here in No Time to Die, it served as deadly foreshadowing that the love story here with Bond and Madeline was doomed to a tragic ending, and while the ending here differs greatly from the one in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the foreshadowing is real. And strangely for a James Bond movie, it was the love story here between Bond and Madeline that works the best and really drives this movie along. It gives Bond motivations above and beyond what audiences are used to and shows a side of the character we rarely get to see. And it's also realistically told from both characters' perspectives. No Time to Die is an excellent James Bond movie. The action sequences are second to none, and even better, 
the story works on a much deeper level than most Bond films, its main love story is really good, and Daniel Craig delivers one of his best Bond performances ever. In short, it's no time to miss no time to die. End